Well, good morning. We're continuing our journey on a season of Thanksgiving. And sometimes when you talk about Thanksgiving and what that represents, it stirs up a lot of emotions in our heart. I was listening to Pastor Paul preach, praying this morning. And, you know, it's spot on, right? Some of us are here this morning in a, in a time of sorrow. Some of us are here this morning in a time of joy. And there's a lot in between, you know, all of that. But in it all, it is truly a season of Thanksgiving. We've been journeying together. And I, I do want to recap. And one of the reasons we recap is uh, to refresh uh, our minds and our hearts and prepare for what we're going to speak about today. But another reason we, we recap, because we're in an area where we do get a lot of visitors that come to visit. So I don't know if you know that, but that's why we do recapping. You know, we kind of look at the past weeks. So that said, I do want to talk just a little bit about this, the Christmas banquet. Okay, that was Friday. It was a great time, a great time of fellowship, a great time to laugh. Laughter is like medicine to the soul, or it is medicine, not like it. It is. It's kind of like medicine, the medicine to our soul. And it was an awesome time, and it was already mentioned. It was around eleven hundred dollars that was raised for cups of cold water. Correct? Is that cups of cold water, Pastor Paul? Yes. And um, it was just a great time. It was awesome. And so things are happening. Next thing I know, I see Trish sitting over in the corner by the doors, and she has this look on her face. And I'm going, "What in the world?" And she's looking. She's going. And I'm going, "What?" Well, there's two sheriff deputies at the back door. <laughs> And she goes, come here. They're asking for Tony McQueer. That's me. They're asking for Tony McQueer. I go, oh, really? I said, okay. And and so I, I kind of already knew what was going on, but no one else did. It was fun. I like to play that out a little bit. But, um, okay, anyone have an iPhone? Okay. Did you know that if you hit the power button five times real quick, it calls 911? Well, don't try it because it does. <laughs> I thought I was hitting the volume. I was playing Christmas music, right, for the, before the banquet. And I'm hitting, I thought I was turning my sound down, and it called 911. And so they're hearing this, I don't know what they heard, you know. But next thing I know, she, I'm talking to her. I said, no, 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 it's not an emergency. We're good. It's, it's all good. And she goes, oh, okay, well, thank you. Uh, what's your name again, you know? And it's Tony McQueer. Okay, okay. <laughs> so she dispatched two sheriff's deputies. That was awesome. Trish is going, you've came for Tony who? You know, that's my husband. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Man, is there something you didn't tell me? You know, I don't know what the deal is. I share that little story because we never know. We never know. We, you know, some things we think we know and some things we, we kind of do know because we might be a part of it. But then there's that time when things just happen. You never know. You know, and in all of it, we need to give thanks. We really do. And I know at the time, sometimes it's difficult. I mean, I'm not pretending it's not. But we need to learn to give thanks. Matter of fact, one of the scriptures said that it's taught. Thanksgiving is, is taught. And it's taught by God. So here's, here's where we talked in week one was the time to reflect and, and forgive. And the scripture we used was Isaiah 43, 18. It says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers and the desert. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness, river in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people. That's us. It, I, every day is a new day. You know, and again, we need to, we need to take time to reflect on our past and you know, it's not all bad. Matter of fact, for most, it's mostly good. It's mostly good. But there is a time where we need to just take that deep breath and go, okay, God, you're moving me on today. Because he is. It's a new day. He says, this is a new day. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's a new day. Every day we need to move on. I'm not saying we move on from family and friends. And I'm not saying like we, we pretend our past never happened. But this morning, as we, we go into it, we're going to talk about a time to give we need to remember the past is the past. And whatever has happened in the past, we need to glean on it, be thankful for it. The good and the bad. Most of us here would say, side note, that the, the worst things that have come into our life are the exact things that grew us the most. And that's tough, but it's true. Now, some never do get through it. A few don't. And that's sad. 
because this life is too short for that. So we need to reflect and we need to forgive. And then week two, we talked about a time to receive. And how do we, how do we receive God's grace? We ask by faith and by God's grace, he gives. Not as a genie, you know, not as something that I just want to have, I gotta have. But by God's grace, we, we ask by faith and God's grace, he gives. How do we receive God's mercy? We seek his word and by God's mercy, we will find our answer. Don't raise your hand. I always ask you to raise your hand. Don't raise your hand on this one. Are we in his word? Every time I'm in his word, he speaks to me. Every time, not some of the times. Every time. If I'm still long enough, if I'm, if I'm desiring enough for him to just, God, speak to me. We want God's mercy. We need to know the merciful one. And have a relationship with him. How do we receive God's provision? We knock, pray, and believe. And by God's provision, we'll receive. All right. Last week, a time to share. How do you share? I love this. Psalm 26, 7. Proclaiming thanksgiving. Uh, proclaiming thanksgiving. Aloud. Aloud. Open your mouth. <laughs> Praise Jesus. I mean, for real, what's he doing in our life? Talk about it. Shout it out. Share his mercy, his grace, his provision with people. Talk about it. We share God's grace through salvation. Baptism is a picture. Who here has ever been uh, baptized? Okay, well, you know when you were, it was a picture. You shared. People saw that. God saw that. Your heart saw that. It's awesome. How do we share God's mercy? By trusting and obeying. Who here 100% of the time trusts and obeys God? Okay, good job. Because it's hard. It's tough sometimes. Right? But share those times. It's okay. Even when it doesn't seem to work. You know what? If you're sharing with someone, just share. You know what? I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling right now trusting God in this area. I don't know. I, mean, I want to obey, but I, I just, I, I don't know how. And also share the times when you do trust and obey because we have many and God has been there and he's been faithful. How do we share God's provision? By asking, seeking, and knocking and receiving. Has, seriously, in your heart of hearts, who here would say, I know that I have sought God for something that I really needed in my life and he came through and he came through. Share. Tell others. It's okay. I love this morning's Bible study. You hear everyone just, ah, sharing stories. Wasn't that cool? I just, it just was. It's, it's cool. All right, so who's a picture person? I'm going to pick me, I am. That's why I do pictures. <laughs> All right, so, so here's the deal. Here's like a picture. You know, first we need to reflect, then we need to receive, then we need to share, then we need to give. And you see there's another blank that's next week. And if you haven't been listening or haven't been here for the sermon series, it's online. Check it out. It's the season of Thanksgiving. So how do we reflect? Here's the picture. By discernment through the word and prayer. Let God speak to us and give us the answers. How do we receive? By grace, mercy, and provision. How do we do that? By asking, seeking, and knocking. We just can't sit still, hide in a corner. We got to be proactive. Come on, God. What's up? Speak to me. How do we share? Out loud. Sorry, I'm... Right? You can't just think you shared with somebody. Some, sometimes it's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, make words <laughs> that people can hear. And then giving from the heart. That's today. We all have a heart here. And we're going to talk a little bit about giving. I saw this as I was searching the web for stuff. And it says, expect nothing and you will never be disappointed. Sometimes that's a philosophy of some people. I'm just give up. I'm just, I don't, I don't have any expectations. Yeah. And sometimes probably different points of our life we've had that. Maybe just a really hard job or, you know what I mean? A difficulty in a relationship. And we get to a point where we just say, you know, I really, I just don't expect. You ever get there? So here's my saying. Expect everything and you may just end up with Nothing. I want us to think about that. 
If we have an expectation that the world owes me, right? I deserve this. And our expectations are about me. Don't work either. There is really an in-between here we're going to talk about this morning. A quote from Samuel Smiles. Sow a thought and you reap an act. Sow an act and you reap a habit. Sow a habit and you reap a character. And sow a character and you reap a destiny. It's true. It's proactive. For the most part, physically, what we sow in life, we do reap. For the most part. Spiritually, it's always. And we're going to talk about that. Might seem hard to believe, but it is. Philippians 4.19 says this. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. All right. So I'm going to just set up this one verse so I don't have to keep doing it over and over. But it says, and my God. My God. Your God. Will supply every need. Now I want to be careful here. But I'm going to say, when he says every, he means every. Every need. God is not a liar. His word doesn't try to trick us or fake us out or make us try to go, well, you don't really mean every. No, no he means every. And, he, and he's saying every need. But every need in what? To his glory. To God's glory. A lot of times I have needs. It ain't God's. And I, if I had it, I'd probably get in a lot of trouble. There's a parallel. I mean, you know, we got to think about this. And it's his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You know, we talked about what's God's will. And that's he who looks upon the Son of God, Jesus, and believes in him shall be saved. John 6, 40. What's the will of God? That you be saved. Right? And what's the purpose? You know, weeks ago we talked about this. What's God's purpose for our life? To glorify him. So what's the deal here? And my God, who I personally have repented and believed, he is my Lord and Savior. My God will supply every need of the Christ that's in me, of his desires for my life that glorifies him. Get, get this now? Because we can't really move on until we really grab this. Second Corinthians 5.20 says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. It, it amazes me that my God, who sent his son, who when I put my trust in him for dying for my sins, dwells now within me, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ now dwells in me. My God desires to use me. I'm not even close to the picture of Christ. I, I, don't, I don't look like him. I don't act like him sometimes. I try. And yet he has set me, he has set you up to be an ambassador. How much of a part are we in this? It's huge. We are ambassadors. Of Christ. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and forever. Ephesians 3.20. We all have a genealogy. We all have parents that had parents that had parents. For most, and in, and, and in all ways, our genealogy will continue. Now listen, it ain't about us. A kind thought, a word from Christ, from the word of God, lasts forever. It's not something that's for not. It's forever. We need to be thankful. God gave this to us. And he gave it to the church. Not only did he give it to me, what desires me to be an ambassador, but he gave it to the body. 
So 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So so here's the thing. I mean, in looking at this, I, I had to just kind of look at this. Each one of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. It's a decision. Okay, now, be transparent. Ready? I'm going to go one, two, three, and you're going to answer the question because I don't want anyone looking to go, should I answer this? Should I not? Should I? You ready? You ready? Here's the question. When I say this, each should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, but God loves a cheerful giver. Who thinks I'm talking entirely just about money? Raise your hand. Go. One, two, three, go. Oh, come on. Are we that good? Because it's not, it's not, well, it's not just about money. It's not. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show us some scripture that breaks this down. I mean, and it is about money. I mean, don't, don't, you know, say, I'm not saying it's not, but it's much more than that. But when it says there's a decision to be made and it's from the heart, well, what does it mean to decide from the heart? And we go back to our, our walk to reflect and forgive. If we're reflecting on the past and have unforgiveness in our hearts, it's pretty hard to give. <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, I'm just not going to give. I'm just not going to say hi to them. I'm just not going to. Come on, you know what I mean. It's hard to give when you have unforgiveness in your heart or you're dwelling on the past. Receiving of God's grace, mercy, and provision. I received God's grace when I was saved. His mercy continues forever. It's unmerited to me whatsoever. So the thing is, when when I receive God's grace, mercy, and provision, and I share that with others, my heart starts getting right. I get more more in tune, for lack of a better way to say it, with the Spirit in me. And I make decisions based on that instead of junk or instead of fear. Does it make sense? And I, I make more decisions out of the love. That Christ has given me. So now from our heart. You give. You give from the heart of God. You give your you give a gifts and resources. Time, talents, money. We give from the heart. Of thanksgiving. You know. You can. Buy seeds. We're going to talk about seeds in a minute. I can take and buy seeds. Seeds. Now, these are pumpkin seeds, and they're from Dollar General, but it works. Okay. I can take and buy seeds, but it doesn't mean that I plant them. Now, I can plant the seeds, but it doesn't mean that I care for them. Now, I can care for my seeds that I planted, but it doesn't mean I'll harvest them. Now, I can harvest the seeds that I planted... But it does not mean I will share them. Now I can share some of the crop that I planted. But it doesn't mean I do it with a heart of giving from God and thanksgiving. It's all a decision. And it's not a one time thing. It builds and it builds until your hearts are right. Second Corinthians 9, 6 says this. The point is this. I love that. That's, <laughs> you know, like when you're kind of wondering, and, you know, and then the Bible goes, well, the point is this. I go, yes, what is the point? The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. He loves a cheerful giver. You know, I love gravity. Not when I fall, but I love gravity. Gravity, right? I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. Gravity. Okay, so I'm sure if I do this enough times, eventually when I drop it, it's just going to float here, right? I can't do that, but it's just going to float. It ain't going to How many times is it going to fall? Every time, you know, and the Bible says, I love, I, love, I do love the word of God, and, but it's, it's so real. We got to just kind of grab that sometimes. 
You know, and the Bible says right here in 2 Corinthians 9, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. See, that's kind of like where I'm talking about when I first started out. There, there is a difference between the physical realm and, and a, a heart of thanksgiving to give and the spiritual realm and the heart of thanksgiving to give. It's totally different, and most of us know that. I, I get it. But again, another little object lesson. The Bible says, if I sow sparingly, if I take a seed and I sow a seed, I'm going to get a, a plant. Now, the plant might have 10 seeds, 100, whatever the case may be. But if I sow 10 seeds, I get 10 plants. If I sow 100 seeds, I get 100 plants. So, I know you're kind of like, yeah. Well, look. So, the point is, the point is, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. See, sometimes we think... We, we don't have to really put an effort into things or we don't have to make choices that, that progress, if you will. And sometimes we just kind of like, ah, you know, I'll put a little seed here and I'll put a little seed there. And then we just, we want all this stuff back. We the Bible says we ain't going to get it back. If we sow sparingly, if the decisions we make are sparingly, that's what we're going to get back. Now, I know, I know, time out. Just for a couple of the thoughts that went there. Well, what about the guy that only had a dollar and he put it into Facebook and now he's a multimillionaire? I, I don't know. That's the physical realm. We, we can't even, don't, don't even go there. Because you're going to, for the rest of your life, try to spend a dollar to Facebook and become a multimillionaire and, and whatever. But that's the physical realm. We're talking spiritual realm. Amen? Oh, <laughs> I, I, I just got to do this one little thing too. I was thinking about, boy, you think of some pretty interesting things when you're praying and going through the word of God. What? You know, I'm thinking, what? Who has a dollar? No, I need to pull out a dollar. I need to make sure you got a dollar. I'm just going to trust that you say you have a dollar. So we got someone with a dollar. Now I'm going to use it in the object lesson. Okay, Pete down here, he has a dollar. Well, Pete, I'd like to thank you for your dollar. And uh, what I'd like to do is give you 50 cents for your dollar. I appreciate okay. it. There you go. I love that. I, that came to me while I was praying. I don't know. Okay. Who has $100? Uh, <laughs> I guess I shouldn't have dismissed that so quick. Did anyone have $100? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, what's worth more? The two quarters I just gave Pete, what's worth more? Or five dimes? What are they both equal? Okay, all right. So what's worth more? 50 cents I gave Pete, the two quarters? Or 50 pennies? What's worth more? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Thank you. That's exactly right. It depends on how you use them. Fifty cents is fifty cents. A dollar is a dollar. It depends on how you use them, and it depends on how you how you give from your heart. It doesn't mean that you give away the whole fifty cents. And guess what? If I continued physically, <laughs> wait, I was going to say if I continued physically to give fifty cents for a dollar, then I would be in the hole. But no, I would I would gain. <laughs> Pete would be in the hole. So you can't just keep giving, 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 giving from a, from a heart that God's not put there either. You go into deficit. If all I do, if all I did was preach, 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 counsel, 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 before you know it, I'd be one burned out pastor. Because you can't just keep giving, giving, giving and not receive either. I love your smiling faces, by the way. I don't, that's awesome. Second Corinthians 9, 8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work as it is written. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. I mean, seriously, I know I've mentioned this, but do we look at a scripture like that and just kind of like, again, do we, do we believe it? 
at least by faith? I mean, do, do, we, do we try to grab it? And I mean, he says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times. I mean, does God really, really, really mean that? And he does. Again, it's not, though, in the physical world. I mean, it includes the physical world. But he's talking about the love that he has to give and put within us. He's talking about the the spiritual world in which he comes and abides in us. And he speaks to our heart and gives us discernment. And he allows us to reflect on our past, but move forward. And we're not moving forward. I mean, sometimes I know it's hard. We think if we move forward that we're, we're somehow discrediting the past. And that's just not true. It's okay. Because he has a new thing. And if, and if we're not making the decisions to move us forward, we're going to be stuck. 2 Corinthians 9.10 says, He who supplies seeds to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be rich in every way to be, what's that word? Generous in every way. There's those words. In every way, to be generous in every way. Again, though, he's talking spiritually. The God that provides seeds, both physical and spiritual, the provision he gives us for our physical life, and the provision he gives us through his word and his spirit in our spiritual life, he is there. And when he, when he says, and he who supplies the seed to the sower, and then it says, and bread for the food, that's, that's the physical. And bread for the food is the physical. The seed for the sower is the spiritual me. So he is there. And it's his desire for us to understand that, that word generous, it, it's so hard sometimes. You know, I, if you will, I think a lot of us might relate to uh, TV evangel- evangelists. I'm a solid TV evangelist, you know, I mean. But unfortunately, there's been ones in the past that have taken advantage of people, you know, by saying, hey, give, and it's going to glorify God. And, and, and okay, now forget that too. Just life in general, right? Sometimes it's hard to grab this generosity thing. But when we're given from a heart of Christ, a heart from which we're thankful because what God has given us. I'm telling you, we become generous. Now, I want to be careful here, but I got to speak it. If we find ourselves this morning and we don't have a generous heart, you need to look at your relationship with God. That's not to condemn. That's not, it's, it's, but it goes together, folks. If we find ourselves with an unforgiving heart, with something that, you know, we have against someone or, or we just can't, look, again, let go of the past or there's something just holding us back. It's holding us bondage. And, our, and we don't have a heart of generosity. We have a heart of hoarding. We have a heart that wants to just, well, I, got, I got to protect myself. And there's fear there and there's anxiousness there. I mean, that's, not, that's not from God. And it's not a word of condemnation for uh, anyone this morning that might feel that way. You have a word of freedom for he says that he supplies the seed. We need to receive it or we just, we're stuck in it. Well, I don't know. See, I can't trust it. You know, you just don't understand, Pastor Tony. You know, these things have happened in my life or this thing has just happened and I can't trust. I can't trust. And until you can, you'll never be able to receive the seed. I can give you some seed right now before you leave today. Not, not this because it's roasted and, but if it were real pumpkin seed and, and if you refuse to take it, you could never plant it. True. And that's what God says. I have the seed for you. And I want, I want to give it to you. And I want to supply. And as a matter of fact, I want to multiply it. God says, you use the seed I give you. If you're faithful with this, he promises to give more to the faithful of the little things. Again, that's not a prosperity gospel. It's a fact. It's what he says in his word. Second Corinthians 9, 11. For, for which, the, or not for, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgiving to God. You know, it's not entirely this, but again, you know how you can tell if someone is, is close in a relationship with God? When out of their mouth, a praise to him happens. Thank you, Jesus. If that's not in our mouth, it's not in our heart. It, it really is one and the same. 
that we praise God, we give thanks to God. Did I spell Duncan right? I didn't, did I? I'm not trying to promote Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> but I love to go into uh, places like that and sit down when I'm doing a sermon prep. And I, this was no different. I go in, there's like nine youth sitting at a table with a, a mom, I found out later, sitting there. And these youth are being youth. They're about 11th and 12th graders. And they're talking and having a, having a good old time. And uh, one comes up with this question. I don't know why we should work. And I'm going, huh. And he goes, you know, when you work, the government just takes your money away. He said, and no matter how hard you work, guess what? They just take more money. And, everyone, and all the kids are going, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Now, I didn't ask him if any of them worked because I don't think they do. But anyway, this is what they're thinking. And they just, you, you should have heard it. Nine youth just going, I don't know. There, there was a dilemma in their heart. Why should I work? And I'm listening to this, prepping for a sermon on giving, right? Why should I work? Isn't it just for nothing? You work so hard and you got to give so much away. What is this? And finally, one of the kids said, well, you know what? I'm just going to earn so much, it doesn't matter how much they take. <laughs> and I said, yeah. You know, and I, I didn't really, I mean, and what? You know, they, and I said, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not, the, the students there, I'm not going to address what you're talking about as far as you know, the government taking taxes. I, I said, you know, that's the way it is. And so they were quiet a little bit. But I said, I, I, have, a, I have a question for you. Why give? I'm not talking about the government. I said, what about your hearts? And I'm telling you, every single one of those kids, some were not facing me, spun around and just looked at me. What do you mean, why give? I said, yeah. I said, I know you guys are talking about the government taking. Well, let's talk about you giving. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Just these questions. So I asked this. What does the world have to offer you? They said, what do you mean? Like, uh, you know, we have all this pollution and we can't figure out all these problems. And is that what you're talking about? I said, I don't know. You tell me. What does this world have to offer you? And work and a job? I mean, ultimately. Well, I don't know. I don't know what it has to offer. That's the problem. I just don't know. So I asked this question. What do you have to offer the world? And you could have heard out of nine youth, it's pretty interesting. Total silence. And then one spoke up and said, I have me. I said, well, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to give to this world? And then one says, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be a businessman. And then another one says, well, you know what? I'm going to be um, in charge of uh, this multifaceted corporation. And then one said something I won't repeat. But they just start going around and talking about what, what they can give. You should have seen their faces light up. When the conversation went from what can I receive and what can I get and poor me and what's the deal and what they don't even probably work and they already have it in their head that it's a drag. And then someone comes along. Now, this ain't about me, but hear me out. Someone comes along. Takes a little time to talk. And to ask a couple of questions. Now two of them said. Man. Are you on TED Talk or something? (laughs) Some of you knew. I didn't know TED Talk until about two months ago. And I hit a couple of. I don't. You don't need to go there. You know. it. And what they were just saying was. It sounds like you have something to say. And I said, I do. And so do you. And you leave here today, this morning, knowing that you do matter. But what you give, you'll get back in life. And they, and they gave me their emails. They said, can you send us the message you're doing? I said, absolutely. I'll send it. It's worth the time, folks. 
And if we're not going to speak into the life of our young people, I'm telling you, there's plenty of people that will. And they're not going to send them down some good paths sometimes. We need to speak into the lives of our young people. Luke 6.37 says, Judge not, and you should not be judged. Condemn not, and you should not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. What do you think about that? What is God saying? He's saying exactly what we just read. The measure we use will be measured back to us. Now, it might not be at that same exact moment in life. It might be 10 years down the road. But the bottom line is, we need to take this seriously. And I know I included the verses where it says, judge not, just to, just to again remind us that there's an interactive thing going on here. That the matters of our heart and how we give of our life, our talents, our gifts, all these things are all conditioned on who we are in Christ and where our heart is at. Given or to be given. You want someone to give you something? No, I'm not saying, okay, I'm not saying that you, like you do something purposely so you get something back either. I mean, you, you know that, but I, it has to be said. I normally would not do this, but I feel like I can. Because I would never want to put anyone on the spot. But when your family came in this morning, smiling faces, going to church, you're visiting, you're taking time to sow into your children's life, your grandchildren's life. God will so reward that. He just will. We need to sow into our families. And what can we expect if we don't sow God's righteousness into them? Why would we ever expect his righteousness to come out of them? It won't happen. Well, I say it won't happen. By the grace of God, God can grab us. (laughs) Praise God for that. Keep sowing. 2 Corinthians 9.13, by their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes or that come from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contributions for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. 2 Corinthians 9.13. That sums it up. Because we are submitted to God because we grow close to God. We're in his word. We're praying. We're allowing him to work through the things in our past and giving us a new day. We receive his grace. We receive his mercy, his provision. But it's all for the sake of Christ. And because the spirit of Christ in us gives us a heart of God, we then want to give generously. That does mean money. That does mean gifts and talents. Our daughter, Heather. How old was she, Trish, when she, when, she was, when, when she was saved? Nine. But she didn't grow up in a Christian home. Because she was saved shortly after I was at age 32. And the first thing I taught Heather, in this case specifically me, was about tithing giving from from the heart because that was the first thing i was taught heather over the years gave generously all she knew was to give from the heart her daddy told her and then the word of god expressed it and told her and then the spirit of god told her i kid you not she would give 90% not not 10 I mean, I'm very transparent. Pastor Paul, I feel like my faith was strong. I was about three years old in Christ at the time. And Heather continuously, if she would make five bucks, $10 would give 90%. And she was so happy that she could do that. But there was a point where I went, man, I wonder if I have to teach her to back off a little. Nothing will be left for her. I'm just being transparent. And I'm going, What? 
To this day, that young lady has a heart to give. But it's because of God. It's because of seeds that were planted in her life. You might think, I don't know if you think it's silly or not. I mean, I know you don't think it's silly, silly, but you know who would give 40, 50, 60, 70, 90%? She gives of her time, her gifts, and her talents. Now, am I bragging her up? Of course. Because she's getting it. She understands that the generosity from her heart comes from God and she is thankful. 2 Corinthians 8.1 We want you to know, brother, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty, they overflowed in wealth of generosity in their part. I'm not going to go real deep into this morning, but the church of Macedonia really was a church of poverty. They didn't have much money at all. And he's writing a letter to Corinth, which really was a affluent church. Matter of fact, a lot of their issues came at, you know, what color the carpet should be and stuff like that, you know. Not not really, but you understand what I'm saying. They had more more of their time spent on uh, who's going to be the leader of the leaders, and uh, there just was a lot of struggles. And next thing you know, this the church of Macedonia comes along. They have they they have nothing, really. And they give. Even though they're severely being tested with affliction and with poverty, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty, it overflowed in a wealth of generosity. How does that even happen? For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we have expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then, by the will of God to us, a generosity, a heart of giving. See, when we give first to God, it kind of puts it in proper perspective. How much time am I going to give you, Lord? Not you, church. How, how much time am I going to spend? Do you understand what I'm saying? How much time am I I'm going to spend speaking into the life of my children? God, how much time do you want me to spend speaking into the life of my children? If we give to God first, it puts it into proper perspective. If we, if we have out of the abundance of what we have, if, if we say, God, here's what I have. Here's what you've given me. What do you want me to do with it? Puts it in a whole different perspective. It really does. We either trust the word of God or not. I can't say you just give it all. I mean, I won't. Because that's between me and God and you and God. Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go sell what you possess and give to the poor and you'll have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. Matthew nineteen twenty one. Have you ever been asked the question, <clears throat> if you had to give everything up to follow Jesus, would you? That's not fair. But who's been asked that question sometime in your walk? If you had to give everything up to follow Jesus, would you? Oh, really, just a few, just a couple. Well, that's interesting. Well, let me ask you a question. If you had to give everything you possess in order to follow God, Christ, would you do it? I know that's not fair. The longer I'm a believer, the more I'm in the Word of God, as time goes by, that question becomes more real and real and real in my life. It just does. A time to give. Who here would say, I'm in a season of my life where I'm so thankful for what God has given me? Who would say that? I know, like, how do you not raise your hand on 
I would like for a couple of you just to express that. Who here can express? You know what, people of God, I am so thankful that God's allowed me to give or to receive. Not a story, just a sentence. I don't have a microphone. I think we can hear you. Who would be willing to stand and testify and to share? I am so thankful that God has allowed me to give. Whatever it might be, my talent. So Greg is saying that he's thankful for a small group and that he's able to uh, help lead out in that area and to be a part of that. And it's a precursor, if you will, to come into service, to prepare our, the hearts of God's people. That's an amen. Yes. Isn't that cool too? And she smiles like that all the time. She really does. That's cool. That's an amen. 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 Yeah, that's an amen. And I'm repeating since we're not using a mic. Rolly was expressing how he's so thankful. He used to be an enemy of God. And now he's not. He's a friend of God. His salvation. God has brought salvation into his life. And has, and has put that spirit of God in him. Don't ever want to hurry the heart of God's people sharing. I mean, I'm not going to, right now, I'm not going to continue on. Next week, I want you to come prepared to share. We're going to take a time to share and to celebrate and to speak aloud. I'm not going to point my finger at you and I won't put you on the spot. I'm telling you, come next week prepared to share because it'll be the last sermon um, of the series and it's called a time to celebrate. We need to celebrate together. Let's wrap this up. A time to give from the heart is a time to serve. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. You want a heart that gives and you you might be stuck, some of us. There's seasons of time. Start serving. Start serving. I'm not saying you are stuck. I don't know, right? But start serving. And what does it do to your heart? Oh my goodness. Awesome. Start serving. How do, we, how do we give from the heart? In giving our lives away, we find meaning. See, see, we're created in the image of God. What did God do? He gave. Listen to this. As people of God or even people in general created in his image, I'm telling you, when we give, when we start giving our life, forget our stuff. That's another issue we got to deal through. But when we start giving our life, all of a sudden the real meaning of life starts coming back. Did you get that from the scripture today? If we get nothing else, we need to understand that part right there. So how much is enough and how much do we give? I'm going to give you the answer you should already know. What God has put there, if you're listening. God has told people before to forsake all. That's not the norm. But what he's given, give to what you can. I'm very serious about that. I try to live that in my life. My, my family tries the best. We really do. What God has given, we try to give to what we have. When, can, when we get to the end of our life, all that is really going to matter is how much we gave. I don't mean money. I know I keep saying that, but I want to make it crystal clear. It's not just about money. It's about us. Ronnie, I'm looking at you. But right there, Alex, man, how, how much your grandson loves you and Carol. You've given. Even though it's got to be hard raising your grandson at times. When you give to him, you know this is true, is it not? You would never have experienced and know the love that come back had you not, you and Carol gave. That's crazy, but it's true. When you are breathing your last, last breaths, all that has come before that time will be summed up in what you gave. 
I don't want to end this on a negative note, and I hope it's not. But younger people in this room, it's okay to let you know. Grab the scriptures. Allow God to speak to you. Give of your life. Remember this day. If you've never been told this or have never read the word of God, remember this day. You give your life and God promises he will supply you if it glorifies him. He will give to you. He will raise up a heart of generosity. He'll change the world. You don't think you don't think it can? Go to Dunkin' Donuts. Take time to just take some time. It'll change the world. So your life. I want to pray. And I don't know where we're at this morning. I mean, only God really does know. And as I'm praying, what about your life? Where are you at? Are you, are you grabbing a hold and hoarding what God's given you? Do you find, find it hard to express a, a, a heart of generosity? Because if you do, then ask God to reveal to you what you need to do to go closer to him, to where he opens your heart and that you just you give. You give. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you knowing that you appoint as you please. You send every single person right here. Some, some might not even have made it this morning. And Lord, I, I really do think in the big design, that's by, by you so many times. So I, I can only assume that the people that are here needed to hear exactly what you said in your word. May we draw close to you. May we be thankful in our heart for what you've given us. May we continue to sow seeds of your righteousness that glorify your name. And where we may fall short of that, God, I know it's not a condemning uh, spirit from you. It's It's a spirit that says, I love you. I want to provide and give to you that you might be edified and built up in me, that you might glorify my name to the nations. May it be so. In Jesus' name, amen. If the Spirit of God has drawn you this morning and you know that you fall short of God's glory and it's your day to receive Christ as your Savior, or if you've been in church, you might have heard the gospel a thousand times, but you know this morning you put your trust in Him. Take a moment and put it on our connection card. You know, like this says, I accept Uh, Christ Jesus to be my Lord and Savior today. Take a moment to do that. And I'm purposely giving us 30 seconds.